You know, um, what Janine had shared about being uh, foundations, it's, it's a word from God, and it is a critical thing. You know, when, when, we don't, when we don't build and allow our foundation to be established, we can't build a strong Christian life on it. And, and just like in the word she gave, that, that, that reference, and we had it in one of our songs too, our reference in Matthew 7 is the wise and the foolish builder. And Corin mentioned this as well, you know, that a wise builder builds his house on the rock. Storms come to both of us, correct? The, the, the foolish builder and the wise, the whole of life, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But it is up to us. The way you can fortify yourself against the issues that are going to come your way. The only way to prepare yourself is by building your foundation and building on that foundation. And that is all you. That is not that. That is that is allowing that is allowing yourself to be built on a foundation of truth and all of these all of these fundamental things. I know we've we've you know I used to teach uh, you know the the basics that I believe that we need to be established. And I I am I, I love teaching the basics. And for a number of years I was just saying we've got to get this grounded. We've got to get you've got to get grounded in this. And so it was really hard for me because I realized that to teach the whole counsel of God. We need, to, we, and, and, and we need to be able to give a broad spectrum of, 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 of growing healthily in, in Jesus. And unfortunately, we can't only camp out on the foundations because Hebrews 6, says, Hebrews 6 says that we should not be laying again the foundations. But it is the foundations. But we need to, so, and, and in a, in a, it's hard in a congregation because guess what? In a congregation, you've got some people that have been super mature. They've, they've got grounded. They've, they've established their hearts. And then you've got people that are brand new that don't know the, the good foundations of the Word of God. And, and so that's why we started D Group or Grow Course. Because Grow Course condenses into very isolated little pockets each of the key pieces that we are built on. But, but it really is minuscule, like Norman and I were just mentioning this, this morning. You know, when you, if we talk about the foundation of the heart and we spend 20 minutes talking about the heart just so that we can fit it into one evening so people don't get you know, overwhelmed. But the, the subject of the heart is something that we could camp on for a year. It's something just on that topic. So it's hard to say, okay, how do we isolate each one of the foundations? And I want you to, you to hear that this, that that we never do depart from the basics, <coughs> right? We never part from the basics. Um, T gave me this one. <laughs> I've never been a football player. I grew up in South Africa. This looks somewhat like a rugby ball, but it's not the same. <laughs> T tells me that, that there was a famous coach who taught his people and said, gentlemen, this is a football. <laughs> right? Who was it, T? Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. See, I don't even know these things. Vince Lombardi teaches these guys and he says, gentlemen, this is a football. You know, we never depart from the foundations. We, we get established in the foundations and we it's not something that we ever leave because as we as we firmly founded on those foundations just as janine and the word given to us if we cannot grow strong and i'm telling you the storms of life come to all of us and i want to give you this encouragement if your house gets flattened by a storm it's okay
I want you to know that. That doesn't mean that you're off to hell or some kind of a religious derogatory thing. No, it just means that you haven't built on a foundation. That's all it means. It means that you suffer loss. It means that you suffer pain. It means that circumstances have triumphed over you. But it doesn't have to be. You don't have to live your life from circumstance to circumstance and then be, and then, and be bowled over by circumstances. You can get yourself a great foundation, and that's what I want to encourage you to do. Get yourself and fix yourself a great foundation so that when the storms of life do come your way, as they will, tragedy is going to happen. None of the people in your life live forever. None of the people in, not most of the people in your life aren't even grounded in the basics of, of, of God. So they don't, know, they don't know how to walk in divine health. I'm, I, is it okay? For, sorry, I know it gets quiet real quickly. But if you don't know how to appropriate the, the, these things that we're getting into, you don't know how to walk in divine health, which means that people around you can die and be sick. And then you've heard me teach on communion. It says, for this reason... Many of you are weak and sickly, and some of you have even died or fallen asleep. For what reason? Because you've not known how to appropriate the cross. And, and that's not my topic today, but, but I'm just saying that there's, there's things. Tragedy is going to happen, people. And, and you know, when last, last week when I started I was t- on this, I was talking about life, and, and, and we're going we're gonna to camp on this topic of life because it is, it is something that has to be caught it is a topic. You've got to understand that God has given us life. It's in, it's, it's, it really is exciting. Um, but but in, we, we have to allow ourselves um, to not to have the fear of death come in and keep us in slavery, which it says in Hebrews 2 that, that it has. I think, where did I put that? I, I think it is verse... Um, Verse 15 of Hebrews 2, and deliver us, deliver all of those who fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. People have been, we, we are held in death, we're held, sorry, held in slavery by a fear of death. And, and listen, guys, death is going to happen. It's going to happen to people around you. It's going to happen to you uh, and, and all of these things. But you do not have to be kept in a place of fear. I'm telling you, fear... <laughs> I'm going to just touch on this again. If you fear something, it controls you. Anything you fear will control you. Anything you fear will control you. You do not have to live in fear. But fear, I mean, you see, you see the mafia movies, right? Hopefully some of you haven't experienced that sort of fear. Mafia knows that. The mafia knows that if they want to get you to do, right, do whatever they tell you, they're going to threaten you with injury. They're going to keep you in fear. Because guess what? People in fear, they can control. How about governments? Do you think governments keep people in fear? This government is trying. And I'm not saying, I, I, I mean, I love America. Let me, let me hear you. But there is a spirit of Antichrist in the world today that he is the grand puppeteer. He is the master of things. And I'm telling you, there is a tendency to keep people in fear. If you, I mean, I'm, I am not that old yet, but I've seen a bunch of the world. But I tell you what, if people, if people are constantly kept in fear, they are controllable. 
I can't tell you all the things I've been told over the years to fear. Well, you've got to fear that the, the global warming is going to happen. And then you've got to fear, oh, well, it's not global warming, it's climate change. Oh, oh no, it's going to be this thing. Oh, no, we're going to have droughts. And you're going to be like, oh, this is going to happen. Oh, Y2K is going to come, right. Y2K is going to come, and everybody is going to be devastation, and you better buy gold coins, and you better buy this, and you, you better stock up food because there's going to be this happening. And you better... You, you and I have, can and do have a tendency in our hearts, and I'm not going to teach on the heart right now, in our hearts, you have a capacity to fear. And that capacity can be enlarged or it can be shrunk, but I'm telling you, as long as you have a capacity to fear, you will be held in bondage. You will be kept in slavery because when fear dominates your decision-making process, you do not have, you do not even think logically. Right. Fear is thinking and making the decisions for you. You will rush out and do this and do this and buy this and you will spend every last dime so that you can just stay alive or just so that you can do that. You will, fear is a master controller. You will spend your emotional energy, your relational energy, every bit of your finances, whatever it is, because you are in fear. That's what the scripture is talking about. Hebrews 2.15, who their whole life have been kept in slavery because of fear. But you can, you can live above that. You can get your foundation grown in it. You can learn. And this series, I'm telling you, this series is going to give you the bulwark. It's going to give you the stuff. It's going to give you the ability to deal with fear. And I encourage you to do it. Corin referenced, referenced the scripture in Mark 4, 24 out of the Amplified script. Uh, I mentioned it last week. Um, in Jesus teaching about the, the parable of the sower. And then after the, after the parable, he said that, and he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. The measure of thought and study that you give. I am telling you, I said this and I'll say it again and I will say it again and again and again. Because we have got to get ourselves established in these truths. If you, what you hear today won't change you at all. <laughs> it won't change you at all because I can, I'm telling you this is a first pass. I can present some information to you, but you have to be able to go back and to take that information and sit down with your Bible and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and you need to let that become life to you. If you don't do that, then you are not putting any thought and study. Then it's like the seed of the Word of God that's being thrown out here or thrown out on YouTube or wherever you're watching it or read in a book. If you, don't, if you don't let the Holy Spirit unpack, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Come on. It won't get root in your heart. It can't, the seed can't bear fruit. But Shannon, that sounds like work. It is a little, it is a bit of work. It's a bit of intention. It takes a priority. You aren't going to get this by it, sort of diffusion. Coming into a, a great church like this, and I think we've got the best one ever, but I mean, you can, you can, come, over, you can come into an atmosphere 
uh, where you are loved and you know that you're loved and you know that God's love is towards you and that's never going to change. And, and it's great. You get together and if you build relationships around you, those are all healthy parts of the body of Christ. But I'm telling you, if you want your foundation to be firm, you are going to have to get your foundation grounded in these things, being rooted and grounded in these things. And, and so if you're not going to, I mean, I know this, this D group is already running and there'll be another group after that and we'll have multiple D groups if we have to, but you've, anyhow, I, I, I'm not trying to make a punt for that. I hope you hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Get grounded because the life is going to come at you. Fear is going to come at you. If you, are, if you are listening to the news, I promise you, you are probably in fear to some degree. If you give any hint of time to Fox News or CNN or whatever it is, I'm telling you, the spirit of Antichrist is the grand puppeteer. He is telling you things. He's thinking, and if you just believe everything and you don't know how to filter things through your heart, you will have a capacity to fear and it will keep you limited. It will keep you limited and unavailable and unable to participate in the life that Jesus wants you to enjoy. Jesus wants you to have life and life more abundantly. And so, and I am going to talk today, I am going to get into the topic of life itself and, and, and we're going to talk about how powerful these, these things are, but we have to talk about some of these things. You've got to hear it so that we're established, that we're on the, on the same playing field. And I, I read this in... In um, 1 Corinthians 2, 6, and 7, um, yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, though not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. So he's saying, listen, guys, I'm not talking wisdom from this, this intellect of this age. I'm not talking wisdom like that. He says, These, this wisdom is doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages of, a glory, of, of our glory. In verse 12, I'll drop down there. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us. So important. We impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. You are spiritual. Because you're here. I'm <laughs> The natural person, it says in verse 14, does not accept the things of Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And that's what you have to sit down with. Because you see, if you just listen with your natural ear, and you hear it at first glance, and you say, oh, you know, you know like here, the scripture gets put up here, 1 Corinthians 2.14. Whatever scriptures that I throw out here, write them down. I want to encourage you, get the app. Download, listen, to, listen to it again and again and again and again and again. It doesn't matter how much you have to take. It doesn't, you know, you've got this thing called pause. You can pause when you're listening to something. Pause it. You know how many times I do that? Do, do, do you know how many times I have learned? And I'm so grateful for this because we're living in a day and age where it's all digital. You don't have to rewind the tape and try and find the spot again. <laughs> You know, you know, but it's so, and, but thank God for tapes, even that you could do that. Corinne and I did a, we ran a correspondence Bible school and I thought that because that was so good. I went to Bible school and you get it in one, you can't hear it in one glass when somebody lectures at you. But when you get back into it and you can listen to it again and stop and pause and rewind and pause and what did that throw down and like, oh, how did, Lord, 
What is that? Why is that? Why do I feel like I need to stop here? What did you just say? I didn't understand that. Pause. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Go back. Listen to it. Do you know that there's one particular course that I've been listening to since April? That's how slow I am. No, I, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to it. And it's amazing to me how much depth I can derive from certain pieces of these teaching. Like, like, oh, God is, oh. And then suddenly I'm telling you, I'll go back and I'm like, oh, I'll be listening to it. And I think, oh, I've got to go back to this section. I'll go back and listen to that section. And I'm like, why was I listening to this? And I'll go back to something else. And it was like, I will dig into it. I will allow myself to dig into it, open my Bible, read it with all these Bible apps that I tell you about, your U version, your compare function. You know the compare function on U version is awesome. Told you a number. You can download it, you can compare it, and suddenly you can, I've got Young's Literal or Amplified Classic, or you've got all of these, comp, you know, whatever, you, whatever ones, whatever versions you want to compare to, you can see, hold on a second, they, interpret, they translate all these differently. Why? Open your Blue Letter Bible. Because it's also free, in case you think of it. You know, and it's like, open Blue Letter Bible, see the original Greek. It's made, it's easy, guys. But then some of you can say, well, I don't want to do that. That's for preachers. Do you want a foundation or don't you? Do you want to stand in the storms or don't you? Do you want to be effective or don't you? Because I can tell you, I, I, I've, I've got the, the, the little bit of experience to have stood with people and watched when the storms of life come. And you do not have to be flattened with the storms of life. You do not have to have the fear of fear dominate your life and dominate your decision-making processes. I'm telling you, like a feeding frenzy of sharks... I'm telling you, people will cannot, <laughs> I'm saying it again, I don't, I, don't, I don't think I need to, but fear, I'm telling you, is just never a good thing. You, will, you cannot make your own decisions when you're in fear. You are going to make decisions based on what you think will keep you from that situation. You will be distracted. You will not have anything of the kingdom in mind because you will be dealing with what you fear. You will not be able to make kingdom priority decisions. You will not be able to hear the Spirit of God speaking to you because you are listening to the voice of fear so strongly. Amen. Yeah. Jesus, you know, in that, in that scripture it says there, um, in Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to go back. It said, I read verse 15. I'm going to go back to verse 14. I know I touched on this last week. Um, I am trying not to rush the series. Is that okay? Because this is important stuff. And it's rich. So I, if, if, if you tune in with your heart, and you just, even if right now, if you close your eyes, and you just direct your attention to the Lord, and you just say, Lord, give me ears to hear. I incline my ears to hear what you're saying. Amen. Because that's what it takes, always, when you read your Bible, actually. But in verse 14, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he may destroy the one who has the power of death, um, that is the devil. And by the way, I, studied, I did that little series on power. That word power is not dunamis. It's not the ability of death. He can't just kill anybody. You know the devil can't kill anybody. 
He doesn't have the ability. He's got the ability. It's, it's Kratos. He doesn't, he's got the ability to deceive you. Well, if you let him, he can deceive you and you can surrender your life. He doesn't kill. If, listen, if the devil could kill anybody, he would kill everybody. But he was defeated and disarmed. He was triumphed over, we read in Colossians. And so that's a whole other topic. But a lot of people believe he's got all this power. But it says they've been held. It says through death he may destroy him who has the power of death, Kratos. That is the devil. And deliver all of those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So God is here. Jesus is here to deliver all, right? From the fear of, of death. For surely it is not angels he helps. But he helps the offspring of Abraham. That's interesting. I found out while I've been studying this. That's not, the word helps is not in the original. It's a different word. It's actually the word seized. He grabs people and leads them by the hand. And it's only very few translations translated that way. But never mind. I don't. What do I know? I, I only can. I read these things sometimes. So for surely it's not angels he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be make li made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. You know, J Jesus. This is this is another truth that we have to ground ourselves in. You ready? This is another piece. This is another foundational pillar. It says that Jesus, in verse 14, it says that he had to be here to share in flesh and blood. Philippians 2 teaches this, and I, I could spend a couple messages on this, but Philippians teaches us, teaches us that Jesus emptied himself of his divinity. He emptied himself and became like us, like a man. He, the, the, the fact that Jesus actually became a man is a big deal. He, in fact, Jesus, if you understand that, Jesus had to not just pretend to be flesh and blood, but all the time he's had all the power of God. That is actually not what it's true. In fact, that is the spirit of the Antichrist already at work. If you believe, like so much religion has taught us, that Jesus had and did all of this stuff because he was the son of God, then the devil has done his job well. I will, come, I will come back to this in, in, in 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, 1 John chapter 4 verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone into the world. By this you will know the spirit um, of God. Every spirit that confesses or says the same thing, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is from God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus is not from God, this is, uh, is, that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. Notice that. Was coming, but is in the world. This is, when was this written? Yes, two, almost 2,000 years ago. He says, this, this is in, the spirit of Antichrist is in the world already. Little children who are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. You see, the spirit of Antichrist, I'm not saying that everybody who says this is from the devil, but whatever doctrine that says this, that Jesus did it, not as a man. The fact, listen, it was man, the first Adam, that lost it. He surrendered, right? He disobeyed. He ate from the fruit. The one tree, the single tree in all the garden of trees, just the one tree, he gave up and surrendered the first Adam. <coughs> We're born into this. It had to be man 
a man, flesh and blood, that defeated and took it back. For it to be a victory for man and for God to deliver man, the last Adam, Jesus, had to come on, put on flesh, and he had to win it as a man. If Jesus did it in his divinity, it wouldn't have helped us. And I know these are concepts that you probably not ever heard. But if you don't understand that Jesus won this as a man. That's why Acts 10, 38 uses these words. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and who went about doing good and healing all. He did it as a man anointed. And then what did Jesus say? I think it's in John 14, somewhere 22, whatever, when he says, these works that I've been doing, you will do. And bigger things. I will get into this in the future. I'll touch on this. But there's been this lie. Oh, well, you see, Jesus had the spirit without measure. We have the spirit with measure. That is a bunch of crap. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Rewind that, Bert. Please delete that. Can you? That... How could we do what Jesus said? If he said, you're going to do these and more. Do you think we've got less? Do you think Jesus had, Jesus could do it, but we can't? We've got to do more with less? Do you think Jesus is going to say, listen, I had all this equipment. I had this, all this divinity. I had all of this stuff going for me. But, uh, you know, you guys, you're going to do more. But good luck. No. He said, you're going to do these same things and greater. Why? Because he's going to do it as a man. This is an important piece to understand and grab in your heart. Because you see, if you don't believe that, then you won't see yourself as being able to be victorious and be like Jesus. You will in your whole life be under sin and a subject of sin. And every time you have a little bit of victory, you'll go back to sin. And I know that's none of us here, except me. If we grab, if we're willing to grab the truth of what Jesus did and accomplished, we can live lives above fear and we can take hold of life, which is truly life. And we'll get to the life piece in a little while. But even in Hebrews 2, um, is it, it's verse 9? No, no, that's fine. Is it, I think I wrote down the scripture wrong. No, in verse 9 of that same chapter. And we see him for a little while was made little lower than the angels, or named, named Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he may taste death for everyone. Now, I've touched on death, and we will continue to talk about death because we're going to see that there is a, there is a process in today that we, when we understand that processing death and, and identifying with death is the way to the resurrection and experiencing resurrection life. But, but you see, I, I touched on this when, in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world, right? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And I made this statement last week that I said this, understand that Jesus, it doesn't say that, that they may go to heaven, there is a big difference. God didn't say, listen, so that whoever believes in him may go to heaven. 
But that's how it's been preached and that's how it's been taught for so long that every Christian thinks, well, if I can just go to heaven. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said that you may have something, not go somewhere. Jesus came to give us something. And so we're going to unpack this thing that he gave us. Okay? Now, there's more scriptures, though, than just John 3, 16, just so that I can put this, a nail in this. John 20, verse 31. John, sorry, 30. John 20, verse 30. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples who were not written in this book. Verse 31. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the Son of God, that by believing you may have life in his name. Doesn't so that you can go to heaven one day. 1 Timothy 1.16, I received mercy for this reason in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ may display his perfect patience as his example to those who to believe in him for eternal life. Life eternal, the word life is God's kind of life. Zoe, you've heard it, if you've, we've taught on it, but life without end, Ionis in the Greek, is, the, is actually, it's not like, okay, it's going to stop, it's life without beginning, life without end, it is life, life, it's like life that's always been real, it's the real, authentic, God kind of, timeless kind of life. Let me tell you, et- eternal life is one of the benefits of having this kind of life. But it is not the only thing that this has, okay? 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life. Now, what do you think he's even meaning there? Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and to which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Here, Paul is telling Timothy, take hold of this life. What does he mean? I thought he was born again. Wasn't Timothy born again yet? He's on his way to heaven. No, he says, take hold. Where is it? It's, is it? Am I on the wrong verse? Yeah. Verse 16, sorry. Uh, oh, it is that one. Sorry, sorry. I, it is 12. Take hold of it. I just couldn't see it. Oh, I'm, I, that's why I'm in the wrong version. ESV. Take hold, lay hold of the eternal life to which you were summoned. Lay hold of the eternal life. That, that, that taking hold of is what we've got to do. We have to, just like Timothy, we, Paul is encouraging us, take hold of this eternal life. And in verse, further down in the scripture, he says this the same. He's talking about rich people. And he says in verse 17, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy, to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future. So listen. You can store up treasure for yourself in heaven for a foundation in the future so that they may, there it is, take hold of that which is truly life. John 3, 1 John three fifteen. everyone who hates, the, I've, got to, I've got to restrain myself because I could spend so long enjoying unpacking each one of these rich resources. Okay, um, John three fifteen. everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. You know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. But I want you to see there, abiding in him. We can, we can, we, we get to abide, you, this life gets to abide in us or not. First John 4, 9, 
In this love, God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we may live, have this life through Him. Not just survive. There is a living here. This uh, five verse, same, same book, 1 John 5, 11. This is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in His Son. Now there's a, here we start, we, we start seeing some clue. This life is in His Son. Okay, first John, and then verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you can go to heaven one day. No. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Okay, so um, as we, we, we have to have this other foundation here where I've, I've spoken about you, Jesus is, has done it as a man. He had emptied himself. That is not taking away from his divinity that he, in the sense that he was still the son of God, but I want you to see that he did it as a man. He won the victory as a man, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus needs something. He said, I couldn't do it without his help. So Jesus did it as an anointed man, right? And here we see that there is this life that Jesus comes to, that he was going to taste death for everybody and he was going to give life. Now, there's, there's, a, bunch of, there's a bunch of truth that we're going to head towards. But what we need to establish is this, too. What is the Word of God? And, and I want to kind of just give you a couple concepts and then, and then I would, want you to think about them this week, okay? So there's the scripture in Psalm 138, verse 2, that says... I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. Now, this is a famous scripture, especially that B part, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. Now, if you did a compare on that verse, you would see that verse is translated differently in most translations because there's two sort of clauses there. In the Hebrew. So there's so many ways that you can interpret it from the Hebrew into English, and all of them have got an element of truth. It's actually super powerful. The New King James says this word You have magnified your, your word above all your name. You have magnified your word above all your name. That's the New King James. The, the, the HCSB, the Holman Christmas. Uh, the Holman Christian Standard Bible says you have exalted your name and your promise above everything else. Your name and your word. So they've taken the word word as promise. You've exalted above your name and your promise above everything else. The classic says it this way. I like the, just the classic, amplified classic. It says, um, for you have exalted above all else your name and your word. And you have magnified your word above all your name. Now, I did a study on this, and I, I, I could break out this in another message if you want. But really, this is the closest thing that I could see. And it's not because, well, Shannon, which one is right? Well, they all have an element of being right. But this is what I want you to see. God is making a point. His name, when, when you talk about the name of God, the name of God <laughs> describes the character of God. Right? His covenant name. So Jehovah Rohi. Or Jehovah Jireh, or Jehovah Rophe, 
God is our healer, or God is our banner, or God is our provider, or God is our shepherd. All of these words define the character of God. And His name is His fame and His exalt. So when, you, when, you, when God talks about His name, a name is who He is, right? It's His fame. It's, this, this is when you talk about the name of God. You know, there, there, it also talks about His authority and the power invested in, his, in that person's name, Right? That, that's what it is. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. And there's, there's so much when we understand that what, when we look at the word prayer, um, later on we, we'll, we'll, we'll understand that. But like when we pray in the name of Jesus, we're not saying, you know, Lord, I'm just finishing off this little prayer quickly. So in the name of Jesus, amen. That's kind of like the enter button I keep saying. It's like on your keyboard. Send. No. It's not, it's here, this, the, the, God is saying here in this powerful scripture, he says, he says, listen guys, I want you to understand something about my word. I have exalted my word above all my name. He was making a point. You see, people, rulers in that days, were, were, often they would just say, well, you know what, I know I said that, but no, I'm changing my mind. They would say, I mean, I don't know, well, I'll, I'll, I'll keep the law. You guys must keep the Lord, but my son can do whatever deals he wants to in China. I mean, whatever you want to. You, you know, you, you know whatever, whatever it is, we have, this, we have this tendency. We have this tendency to say, I, I get to break the rules. In Africa, you should see how often that happens. Tyrants and despots, they use fear to control everybody, but they don't live by the rules. We had a president in South Africa that raped one of his ladies and... Long story, I mean, Lord, murder, rape, it goes on. Human nature doesn't change. But we get to live above it. Yes, we do. We aren't going to change it, people, unless there's only one way we're going to change it, and that is with the kingdom. That's why we need to get this thing. But here, what God is saying this, God is making this astronomical point here in the Psalms. He's saying, guys, listen to my word. My word, as, as much as who I am and my name is exalted and magnified in the whole world and I am faithful and true and I can never change, I cannot be unfaithful, all of the words, I, can, I, can, I am only your provider, I am on all of, all of that, my word, I exalt above my name. We have to, we have, to have that, that grasp, that... God's word is that reliable. It is that reliable that I can take it to the bank. But you see, what we do is we don't understand New Testament faith at all. We don't understand what New Testament faith is. And, 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 and that's another piece we just have to touch on briefly. And I I'm, I'm, don't want to keep you long here because Hunter's going to go to sleep on me. But, <laughs> Hunter, is it okay if I carry on a minute or two? <laughs> I take, I, yeah, maybe, you see, the, these pieces are important. God has established his word above his name. But if we don't have that idea, that preciousness, that, that his word and what Jesus has accomplished, past tense, finished, what finished work he did, you see, faith looks, New Testament faith is very simple. It's not trying to change God's mind. 
But that is how faith is being taught. If you have enough faith, you can get God to change his mind about this issue. And then God can come down from heaven and then change the situation because I have enough faith. That's how it's been taught or understood. Listen, you, you can't change God's mind. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and we unpack this. Like when I, when I choose to say, okay, God, I am going to choose just to believe what you say. What you said, when you, what you did, I'm going to choose to believe that. That's it. What you say, what you said, I'm going to choose to believe that. It is, a, it is us choosing to look in the past, in the past, and say, you did it. I choose to believe that. That is what faith is. It's not got to do, oh, in my future, God, I want a red Ferrari. Please, if I just have enough faith, I can get a Rolex and a red Ferrari. What? But this is how it's being taught. Faith, you can't have faith for things that you don't know in the future. You can have faith in a faithful God who says, I did it. This is what I did. I can look at the past. I can say, I choose to put my faith in that. Okay? And so that is where I'm going to have to leave you today. Because there, that is just an introduction. I'm not going to go along on, on that. Like I said, there's these core little pieces I need you to hear. Okay, just as we, we lay this little foundation so that we can lay hold of life. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you work in our hearts. Father, thank you for life that is truly life. Father, thank you that we, you have promised that we can lay hold of something that will give us a foundation that can stand firm. No matter what government, what source of fear comes my way that we can be established, that I can be established. As always, the way to respond to something like this is something that only you can do. You can make a choice in your heart what you choose to believe and what you're going to do with his words. You just need to simply say, Lord, I choose to believe it. I incline the ears of my heart to hear what you're saying to me. want you to hear this too it doesn't it's okay not to understand something if there's something that you didn't get I want to encourage you when you ask the Lord that question that I just said when you open your heart and say Lord teach me that is called dying to self You have to be prepared to let go of something to lay hold of truth. 
Maybe it's tradition. Maybe it's a belief that you've held dear for some reason. I'm not asking you to take me at my word. I'm asking you to hear what the Spirit of God is telling you. I'm asking you to open His Word. I'm asking you to sit down with Him in your secret place and let Him speak to you. Let Him bring life and light into your heart. It starts with a choice. A choice and a willingness just to let Him be truth and life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that your life is our light. And Lord, thank you that as we each choose to walk toward you, we open our hearts, our open our hands to embrace what life you have for us. Thank you for speaking to us, Lord. Father, thank you that you have exalted your word above your very name, all of your name, all of your name. You've exalted your word. Lord, we choose to put your word in its rightful place in our lives. We choose that your word is not simply going to be another opinion, but we choose to establish our hearts, allow our hearts to be established in truth, in your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing that work in our hearts, that you are the counselor, comforter, and guide. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, as you... As you just walk this journey, this is a journey. If you haven't discovered <laughs> what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm doing here is we're walking on this journey together. Amen. Are you open to that journey? Are you, are you, are, you don't even have to say it out loud. I just, I just ask you, are you open to walk a journey of truth? And I promise you, I promise you, and you can take me, you can come back to me in a year's time. If you walk this journey, your life will not look the same. Your life will not feel the same. Not many months from now. Some of you will experience breakthroughs along the way, like big breakthroughs. Breakthroughs in emotional change, breakthroughs in physical change. I mean, healing. Some of you takes a little bit longer, but I'm telling you that if you choose to walk this road, your life will be different. Amen. And it'll all be because of Jesus, I promise you, and letting his light and life in. Amen. If you do not know Jesus yet, you have to open your heart there to receive him, to receive what he, who he is for you. And, and that's where it starts. You just, it's just a simple heartfelt prayer that says, Jesus, I need you to be Savior and Lord of my life. You, that's you and you're online. You can just text our, our, our texting church number and the word prayer and we'll get, we'll get to you. And uh, we'll respond to you. And if you're here in the congregation, thank you. Thank you. Please come and speak to one of our prayer counselors, especially for that, but anything else. If you're struggling with anything, you just need a, a brother and sister to give you a hug or to agree with you in prayer. Or you just don't even know what, but you just want somebody to agree with you in prayer. I can promise you our prayer ministers are, are awesome. And they will absolutely do that with you. Amen. I do want to encourage you guys this this message, this, like I said, with a measure of thought and study that you give, 
is the more you're going to get out of it. Amen. Go back, hear it, pray, open your hearts. Will you do that? Amen. Thank you, guys.